Hello, everybody. This is Ian Beckles, and welcome back to In the Trenches. It is the offseason, and, uh, you know, our Buccaneers aren't making a whole lot of moves at this moment, but that's okay. I mean, how many moves do you have to make when you're bringing back your whole team after winning a Super Bowl? Um, you know, there was a lot of moves made early in free agency to basically get back our own guys. I don't know if I can't think of another person from the outside that's coming in. So that could be good, bad, or indifferent in your world. But, you know, I think in my world, it's, it is a good thing. Although in the NFL, there's, uh, there's always news circling, circulating. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is becoming, uh, an anomaly in a way. And I don't really understand a lot of the things happening in Green Bay. You have to understand this. He has three more years left on your contract. He has three years left on his contract. Three years. That is not when turmoil happens. When you have when you have three years left on your contract, usually everybody leaves you alone and maybe two years, one year they start talking about it. But when you have three full years left on your contract, you rarely have, you know, organizations and players making noise. Aaron Rodgers is the, the weirdest situation because He's in the news every single day, whether it's him not being happy, the organization not being happy, whatever it is, it ain't good. And if I had to make a prediction, I would predict right now that Aaron Rodgers would be gone next year. It's almost impossible for him to be gone this year, or else I'm not sure it wouldn't have happened. But to see a quarterback coming off of MVP year, three years left on his contract, he was 13-3. and three. 13 and 3, and there's turmoil. I mean, if you really look back to the NFC Championship game, Buccaneers, in a lot of ways, were lucky to win that damn game. I'm telling you, there was a play towards the end of the game where Aaron Rodgers had a, a free path to the end zone, and he decided to make a throw that he should have made. That would have been a loss. And at the end of the game when, you know, LaFleur decided to kick the field goal, I can't let anybody convince me that wasn't a, a bonehead uh, move. I can't. You, you can't. Not when Tom Brady's on the other side and you have Aaron Rodgers and you put it on your leg of your kicker and your defense. Doesn't make any sense to me. But you have a quarterback that went 3-13-3 and and in an MVP year then he watched his organization draft a quarterback in the first round. That, that's, that has to sound crazy, doesn't it? If it sounds crazy to you, think of how crazy it would sound to Aaron Rodgers. And it seems like both Aaron Rodgers and the organization are both kind of trying to cover their asses. But, you know, for those of you who've been through a divorce, I'm going through a divorce right now, actually. It doesn't mean like neither one of us are bad people. It's just not, it just didn't work. And, you know, they're asking him to restructure his contract. Why the hell would Aaron Rodgers restructure his contract when you guys just drafted his successor when he had three years left on his contract? That's not love. That's not love. That's just like, you know, me, you know, being married and running in on my wife when she's in a restaurant with a young man. And she was like, well, we're not 
doing anything, but we're just kind of preparing for another year or so when this falls apart. The first round? Now, you might have loved, they might have been in love with Jordan Love, and that's fine, but first round? In a year where you were competing for a Super Bowl? Just think if if Tom Brady had one of those high-flying rookie wide receivers this year who have all been pretty darn good, okay? Just imagine. And when you're trying to do what's best for the team, I don't think either sides are doing it. What's best for the the Packers is first and foremost not drafting a, a quarterback in the first round. That's not what's best for the organization right now. And what's best for the organization right now is for you know uh, Aaron Rodgers to restructure his contract. But he's giving him the middle finger. Kiss my ass. I'm not gonna you know do what you guys want me to do. And then you guys are screwing me on the back end. They, they, that doesn't make any sense to me. There's no organizational love. And what's funny is. Uh, to have organizational love, everybody has to be telling the truth. And I just don't think anybody's telling the truth in Green Bay. I think there was a lot of lies along the way. Tom, you know, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers has been lied to. Aaron Rodgers is not really a overly boisterous person. I don't know if there's much communication. But there's no organizational love. And you want to you want to find a place with some organizational love right now? Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has organizational love. Nobody wants to leave. Everybody wants to come here. Adrian Peterson wants to come here. You know, Patrick Peterson, everybody wants to come here because, you know, it's it's a sexy place to play. And we have Brady restructuring. We have Mike Evans is always restructuring. Ali Marpet's restructuring. Everybody's doing what's best for the organization. And boy, Green Bay seems to be on the other end of that spectrum. And I'm not a Green Bay Packers fan. Um, but it just, everything is Packers, Packers, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers. And that's turmoil there. And eventually it's going to hit the fan. And I have a feeling next year, you know, after the season, whatever happens, whether they, they, they may win the Super Bowl and Aaron Rodgers may flip them blurred and go, everybody kiss my ass. I'm out of here. That may happen. He's that kind of guy, no doubt. So keep your eyes open what happens like that in the offseason. And uh, you never know, we may run into them again in the NFC Championship. That's very, very possible. Another name that pops up in, in the news, not, not quite as often as Aaron Rodgers, but you do hear his name, uh, is Jadamian Clowney. Uh, I guess the Browns are taking a look at him. Now, Jadamian Clowney was a first pick overall in the draft. Uh, it was about, I think, seven years ago, eight years ago. Um, I did the uh, Outback Bowl when Jadavian Clowney was playing for the uh, uh, the Gamecocks, and I remember doing the broadcast, and I remember saying, I haven't really heard much of Jadavian Clowney today. He hasn't really done much. And then all of a sudden, he had this unbelievable hit on a running back when he was unblocked. Okay? That's not football. If you're a defensive lineman, show me, you straighten your arms on a defensive, uh, offensive tackle, Shuck him, get off, make a tackle. That's football. Being unblocked and decapitating a running back, eh. It didn't do much for me. It was a great hit, and we'll keep on showing it. Great. But that is Jadavian Clowney in a nutshell for me. Once again, first overall pick. Seven seasons. 32 sacks. 32 sacks in seven seasons. And right now he's just out there. He's just out there. Nobody wants him at this moment. So somebody's going to get him dirt cheap. But when I say dirt cheap, Jadavion Clowney don't make that many damn plays. 
and I'm telling you, from somebody who knows what it looks like, when I watch a Davian Clowney, you know who I see? I see Gerald McCoy. I see a guy who will luck his way into some plays, but he ain't playing great football. Jadavian Clowney and Gerald McCoy, they like to guess. Let me guess. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go full tilt outside, and maybe I'll make a play. Well, you make one play out of ten. The other nine times, maybe not nine, maybe six out of nine, the ball's going underneath you for a big play. And those are the things that maybe the average eye doesn't see. But he does a lot of guessing. And when you guess as a football player, sometimes you guess right and you get accolades. And then sometimes you guess wrong and the ball, you're the reason for a big play. So I see that with Jadavian Clowney. He's out of position all the time, all the time. And I think the press is who really gasses him up because he looks the part. He's a good-looking athlete. But I think people in the know football-wise know that he's just not a great football player or else he'd be gobbled up. He's 28 years old, and he and supposedly he can rush the passer. Do you ever see what, you know, pass rushers out there like that? No. And he's still sitting out there, you know, hanging out. So that's another thing to keep your keep keep your your eye on. Now, yesterday, you know, not football season. You got to find other things to watch. So I watch from beginning to end. I watched the Masters. Okay. Um, so Hideki Matsuyama got it done. First Japanese-born uh, player to to win a major. So congratulations to him. He's going to make shitloads of money in Japan. Okay, and I mean lots of money. Um, but what's funny is, you know, they had a rain delay, and I guess Tony Finau got a call from Tom Brady. Uh, I guess they met three, four years ago. And just out of the blue, Tom Brady just called him up and said, good job, and just was just touching base. And I think that'd be kind of cool if you're in a locker room with all the other you know, golfers and you look at your phone and Tom Brady's name come up. I would say, hey, look, Tom Brady's calling me. I think your status would go up immediately. But, you know, Tom is just that guy, it seems like that. He's always talking to other athletes and giving those pep talks and after the games, you know, embracing young players, telling them that they're doing the right thing. And I like that. I like that because there's too many people on the other end of the spectrum. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is that guy. He never really came across as that guy. He's a guy where I'm not I'm not teaching the young kids underneath me nothing. That's not my job. Brett Favre said that too. And then I heard Drew Brees, and Drew Brees would say stuff like, it's my job to teach the young kids what I know. And that's what I like. Because all the guys that I grew up with and that were mature or more mature than I was uh, took me under their wing and did what they can for me to learn what, what they knew. That's just a human way to do things, okay? And it would be nice if more people acted that way. But it was nice to see Tom Brady, who is, you know, larger than life, calling up people and giving them pep talks and stuff during uh, rain delays. I think that was a cool thing. Now, free agency is not actually over. The Buccaneers still have a bunch of free agents that they haven't signed, but they're not big-name guys. I think they said there's still 10 guys that uh, remain unsigned to this point, uh, and the Buccaneers are extremely limited as far as cap goes. I think they have about $2 million to spend right now. Um, and listen, $2 million is not a lot of money. you got to be real innovative to figure out ways to spend that. But, you know, Blaine Gabbert's a name. Ryan Griffin's a name. He hasn't been signed yet. LaShawn McCoy, you know, 
That's just a name. I wouldn't be surprised if LaShawn McCoy just uh, retires. No, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but that wouldn't shock me. And obviously the big name that people are still curious about is Antonio Brown. And I think to this point he, he moves on. If if he has somebody else that wants him, maybe nobody else wants him. Maybe Antonio Brown's a guy that waits till training camp till somebody gets hurt. And all of a sudden he's a guy you could, you could pencil in. So the Buccaneers don't have a lot of money to this point. And I think they may just keep that money for a rainy day just in case, you know, during training camp. You never know. There's always some crazy injuries that happen. But, you know, going forward, when you hear names like LaShawn McCoy uh, and, you know, they have kids like uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, uh, who just changed his number, by the way, to 30. Um, Oh, he changed his number from 30, sorry. And, uh, you know, you have Rojo and you have Fournette out there. Uh, it's going to be hard for him to crack the lineup. And LaShawn McCoy, to me, was just kind of a wasted, you know, space last year. I think mean, a couple carries that I can remember was never really part of the game plan. Um, so LaShawn McCoy, I could just say, pe- pencil him out, scrape him. I don't think he's going to be back here. I don't see any reason why he would. And we need players like, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn to, to emerge and grow a little bit. Like we saw how much Ronald Jones can grow in a year. And uh, listen, Ronald Jones is already peaked. I hope everybody knows that. As a running back, he's peaked. Running backs don't, you know, if you get a running back, usually the first thing you see is what they are, okay? And Rojo improved in his first two, three years. But he's, he's not going to be a great, he's not going to be a guy that has a, a bunch of big plays. He's had some big plays now. Obviously, the 98-yard or 99-yard run, that's a big play. Not many running backs could get that done. I know he had a big catch down the left sideline uh, you know, uh, later in the season. That was big. But other than that, he's not a big play guy. And Fournette was really quiet until the playoffs, and then, then he blew up. So... That's just what it is now with the running back position. I'm not. I wouldn't go out there. I wouldn't spend a first round on a running back. No way. Give me some depth on the, on the lines. You know. Give me a, a give me a, a defensive back. Okay. Running backs dime a dozen. There's just not a lot of difference makers out there. You know. Derrick Henry. Other than Derrick Henry, there's not many more. All right. Dalvin Cook's nice, but. Is he, a, is he a franchise difference maker? It hasn't made that much of a difference to this point. So the Buccaneers have a few more, you know, things to take care of free agent-wise, but they don't have a lot of money. So this is pretty much it. So when you see the Buccaneers take the field in July, you know, that this is the team. And there's no reason why this team shouldn't improve going forward or, you know, throughout this year as long as Bruce Arians and all the coaching staff re- re- Reminds himself you got to take care of these players because in some ways they're getting a little bit old, getting a little banged up. So make sure you babysit some of these players. But football season is never too too far away, and uh, you know I'm not excited yet for football season because we got the draft coming up, and that's always fun. But after the draft, then before you know it, you blink your eyes, and football season is going to be upon us, and uh, that's an okay thing. If anybody ever wants to hit me up, it's Ian Beckles at RadioInfluence.com. And uh, if you have any questions for me, please, I would like to answer them. And make sure you listen to the other podcasts as well. Everybody have a wonderful week. Get out there. And uh, football season's never over, people. It's 24-7, 365. I appreciate you listening into In the Trenches. Have a wonderful week. Peace out. You have been in the trenches with Ian Beckles on Radio Influence.
I'm Jerry Petuck, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com.